0: Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the c podcast studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Now, before we get to today's topic, read more about today's episode on the c blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And we love hearing from you. So email us at podcast at cvent.com.
1: Today's episode is focused on something we see at nearly every event, Wi-Fi. Will and Brant, thank you guys so much for joining us yet again here on the podcast. Now we're talking about Wi-Fi. So that's exciting.
2: (laughs) We're excited
3: to be back. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) What we know about you too is that you can take a topic like Wi-Fi and make it extremely interesting for our audience. Um, So we're really excited to talk about this, mainly because... Wi-Fi is a necessity at nearly every event. You have like your mobile apps, you have your on-site tools, you always have to do the Wi-Fi so everybody can stay connected. But I'm just curious from you guys, what is in the future? What is coming as far as Wi-Fi is concerned for the events industry?
2: Well, I can probably tell you that's only going to get more expensive for sure. That uh, That's <laughs> exactly, exactly not buy. what we wanted to hear. <laughs> <Yeah. Thank you. laughs> I think uh, it's just the tip uh, of the, the iceberg is that now uh, venues and um, uh, providers are realizing that wow, you need Wi Fi. You don't know how it works. So therefore, I can charge whatever and you're just going to sign it because you don't know of anything better, right? Like the, the classic conundrum that used to happen with AV. Luckily, now planners are very uh, educated in AV. I think that's uh, starting to happen with Wi-Fi. I think that's one thing for sure that's coming, but we can talk a little bit about how to potentially save money on Wi-Fi soon. But Brant, there's also a bunch of other kind of exciting things coming down the pipeline when it comes to Wi-Fi that I know you're excited for. There are. I mean, it's, it's, it's,
3: there's, you know, the costs and things like that, that's, that's a whole separate discussion, obviously. But you know, as far as the actual technical specs, um, we're on the break now of, you know, much like uh, we're talking about in cell phones going, you know, up to, uh, you know, 5g, uh, you know, speeds and things like that. The, the revolution that's actually coming in Wi Fi, I I think is is significantly greater than what we're going to see in uh, in the 5G area, um, or at least I guess it's different. So a lot of the problems that we're running into um, in in the current Wi-Fi specs uh, have to do with how many people can get on and how data flies around in the air and that kind of stuff. And what's coming down the way is just a, it's a much more <laughs> I guess it's like putting in traffic lights, uh, so, you know, so you know so you can or roundabouts maybe would be a better uh, road analogy, uh, so that we're we're just routing the information a lot better so that it makes it feel like everybody's got a lot faster speeds in addition to actually having a lot faster speeds. So so there's a
2: lot of really good stuff coming down the
3: way when it comes to Wi-Fi.
2: Definitely, definitely, and that that term you are kind of that brand's referring to is Wi Fi six. Um, which, oh, I'm sorry, you oh, know, yeah, 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 no, it's okay, it's, oh, it's okay. I mean, we we got to throw down like you know some you live machine, and breathe this stuff, you know. Wi-Fi. Oh, man. No, <laughs> yeah, Wi Fi like, six. Uh. <laughs> Will provides internet for events, so he's uh, he's a little uh, <laughs> more on the nerdy side of it. But yeah, Wi Fi six is the new uh, way that brand was kind of talking about a lot of really cool things happening. But um, you know, that's probably uh, coming out real soon. And brand kind of teased it as the five G stuff. We get asked about this all the time, like, oh, what's 5g going to do for the events industry i'm just something for everyone just a a quick little pin in that note is it's not really going to affect the events industry it's a long way off there's a lot of the country the united states specifically that still doesn't even have 4g and you know there's a lot of uh, technical hurdles i think to go through when it comes to 5g so you know don't expect to see it at any events don't you know i recommend don't ask your venues if they're going to have it let's be honest ask all of your friends ask them who has a 5g phone no one will have one. You know, we, we, got, we got a while to go. But Wi-Fi 6, coming down the pipeline, already starting to see it. Um, and that's going to be fantastic for the events industry.
0: Yeah, I love hearing that. So it's going to be a lot faster, it sounds like. But, you know, I hate being in zones and I'm at, like, events where there's, like, poor internet connection, or there's no internet connection. The worst. I hate that. That's terrible. Like, do you guys find that that's well, a Yeah, why huge does issue? that happen? I don't know.
2: One reason why is that... Um, Let's be honest. Similar to, I think, the way that uh, that we've talked about cybersecurity before that, you know, most people don't have someone on their team who is responsible for it. It gets kind of forgotten because it's just expected that, yeah, the planner is going to worry about it. Um, so therefore, you know, it's just another thing for them to worry about. Well, let's be honest. If the food's not out on time. That's going to get fixed right away. Right. But if the Wi-Fi is having an issue, sometimes if you don't know how it works, you're just going to be like, well, that's the way it is. Right. Or you're just going to tell someone, hey, fix it. And they might say, well, it's because of X, Y, Z, this and this and that. And, oh, it's just so confusing. But that's one reason why I think also, too, that because costs are going up so much that planners are making an unfortunate decision that have to say, like, look, I can't afford Internet we're just not going to offer it or we will, you know, let the attendee pay for it, for example. And that's all obviously really unfortunate, but we can, uh, I just keep teasing the how we're going to save you money on Wi-Fi. but I'm um, brand like, I mean, no, there's a bunch of other technical things too. Like what, what are your thoughts you have around why internet might be sucky at events?
3: Yeah. There's some, there's some really, you know, and I'll try and, you know, keep it as, as, as simple as possible, but the long and the short of it is, you know, it's not like there's just one big Wi-Fi device in the corner that's, project, you know, projecting Wi-Fi. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, right? So you've got an access point here, maybe three or four in the ballroom, maybe a couple in the hallway, and they're all acting as one kind of giant network. It's kind of like a net of Wi-Fi over your area. And when you're in the ballroom, you know, you might be able to hit three or four of those, you know, might be in range. But as you start to get out and go down to the hall or even, you know, out onto the patio where you're going to have your evening reception, you know, now you're kind of forcing your guests to only hit that, you know, that closest one, right? They can't reach the ones that are all the way in the ballroom. So that's that's frequently when you're talking about having a Wi-Fi dropout zone. It's because maybe there's only one access point within range, as opposed to the four or five that might be near the ballroom. And each one of those access points has a limit to the number of users that can hit it. So you know, frequently that limit is actually only about two hundred to four hundred connections, and that's two hundred to four hundred individual devices, right? So each of us now these days has a phone and a laptop and a tablet, and so each one of those is soaking up one of those spots. So if you have a fairly technical uh, crew and you're you know a group of attendees and you're out on the patio and maybe people are working and they brought their backpacks out and those devices are still turned on, all of those devices are going to try and hit that very last access point that's on its way out <laughs> to the balcony, and uh, you start running into collisions of data and things like that just flying through the air. So without like again without getting too crazy technical, just know that these access points have a limit on the certain number of people. So if you've got a thousand people out on the patio, you're going to start running into
2: problems. Definitely. I, I was going to say, I think one of the issues as well is that when we're doing site visits, everybody's looking for like, oh, how does the pre-function space look like? Oh, look at this ballroom. It has beautiful chandeliers. Okay. It has yeah. power for my my the setup. The spa is amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's all great. But then no one ever, um, when doing site visits, vets the internet. They might, for example, be smart enough to know, hey, speedtest.net exists. Can you tell me what the Wi-Fi is? I'm going to connect to it. I run a speed test. Oh, wow, it looks really fast. But that's it with an empty hotel, you know, best case scenario. Not a lot of people are bringing the internet as part of that vetting process when looking at their venues, you know. And that's because, A, don't know the questions to ask. B it's also like it's invisible so it's easy to forget and C also it's you know it's not usually until you are getting down to the nitty gritty of price that you're like okay now I need internet what is that going to look like versus hey let's talk about what it's going to look like especially if you have a large event as well
1: yeah i was going to ask you about that i mean when you're doing these initial site visits you're just starting to look at venues How can planners figure out what it is they need from Wi-Fi? Like what bandwidth they need? Are there calculators they can use? I mean, how do they even speak that language?
2: It's funny you mentioned a calculator.
3: Where (laughs) can people find a, a bandwidth calculator if they were looking for something like
2: that? Man, if only someone made one where you could literally type in how many attendees you have, how many devices, what they're doing on those devices, all your needs for your technical, and it'll tell you how much bandwidth you need. Uh, I actually made, a, made a, cal- a calculator that does that. So we'll link that into the show notes. But uh, you just go to the Endless Events website and it's right there in the resources section and click on it if, it, if you're just looking to do that right now. And yeah, essentially, the bandwidth calculator helps. I think that Brant actually brought up a really good point. You need to understand your attendees first mm-hmm. because if you are coming in and you're, let's say, for example, you're doing a tech event, a lot of times Wi-Fi is obvious, right? You know that they're going to be super technical. They're all going to need to get on it. But you really need to understand, like, even if you think your audience is old school, they're all still showing up with a phone, at least in their pocket. And let's be honest, more of them are having tablets on them as well. And so if you start to kind of build out that persona of what your technical needs are, you can relay that to the venue, to your internet service provider and say, this is what my attendees look like. And that's the number one question we ask. We don't just say how many people are going to be there. Cool. Here's a price. We say, What are they going to be doing on the devices? Also, is there any specific needs as well? Like does the person who's downloading all the PowerPoints from the AV company need internet? Are you planning on doing live streaming? Are your attendees going to be doing a lot of social media and posting a lot of pictures? Um, You know, things like that I think is really, really important um, when it comes to vetting your, your internet. And then uh, going back to the cybersecurity portion too, obviously vet that as well. Um, Make sure that you ask questions around how you're going to keep your Wi-Fi secure as well. Brent, what other sort of questions do you ask when it comes to, I've got a
3: couple more pro tips on this topic. Yeah. One, one, Is if you are doing a speed check, try and do it when they're having a conference, right? So everyone's Wi-Fi looks great when there's nobody there. So if you're doing your site visit and um, you know there's nothing going on in the ballroom, and you go to do a speed check, um, you're going to get great speeds. (laughs) But you know if you go and you know so try and do it, you know when it's under load. Try and do it when there's a similar sized group uh, going to be there, if at all possible, so that you know. Hey, I see you've got a group in there today. It looks like a pretty good sized group. I would love to get on the Wi-Fi. uh, while that's going on and you know get access to either their meetings wi-fi or you know to something that's going to be on the same network um as, as what's going on just so you can see it the other pro tip on that one that I'll throw in is don't use speedtest.net because a lot of uh, hotels and venues will actually green light that page to go as fast as it possibly can um, because they know that that's the one that everybody uses I actually recommend one called dSLreports.com uh, that we can drop in the links uh, this goes back to the old days of testing like literal DSL internet access I find that that one tends to be a bit more accurate uh, because you'll get this like green lit you know full speed throttle, you know unthrottled thing going through on speednet uh, speedtest.net and then if you use dsl reports it's uh uh you know like half the speed or a quarter of the speed because they're throttling it they you know that frequently hotels and venues have the opportunities to throttle down uh, their their actual speed so little pro tip there
0: Wow. That's amazing uh, I advice! Was- I had no idea I know. that could even have it. I was say we got a bandwidth calculator. We got DSL. No, I really set that up for you guys in a yeah. uh,
1: fantastic way. Don't you think?
0: <laughs> our listeners are in for a treat <laughs> when they go to our blog and check out our resources. <laughs> right.
2: Definitely, definitely. I, I one one pro tip I think too um, is when requesting internet um, as part of you know like your RFP and everything like that before you sign the quote, make sure that the provider is going to provide you reports regularly, not just a report at the end of the event, so you can like historically see like when it was under load, everything like that. But like even if they can do every half day at minimum is great. So that way you can see like are you getting close to your like bandwidth cap and where you actually need to get to, and then that way you can make onsite decisions. That let, let's say for example you you thought that You know, your attendees really are only going to show up with a phone. But then you look at it and you're like, wow, we have twice as many devices as we thought we were going to use. Let's bump up our Wi-Fi budget. You can make that logical decision and it won't be one of those decisions. The worst ever you can get to is, oh my gosh, the internet's slow like, how do we make this faster? And you're talking to the internet provider, how can we make this faster? And they're like, well, you need to buy more bandwidth. Now it's coming from a place uh, of not proactivity. It's coming from a reactive standpoint. Yep.
3: Sure it's and a then lot sl- it's expensive. like when you need the whiteboard uh, in, a, in, a ball- in a ballroom on the same day and it costs a million dollars. I have yeah. one, more, one more tip uh, on the bandwidth thing that I just thought of. And then obviously we need to transition into cost. But, um, and that is that at the end of your event, uh, you want you, okay, you want to ask for this before your event, but at the end of the event, see if your venue can hand you an actual report of the of the amount that you wound up using. Now, that's not going to help you for the one you just did, but it will help you for the one you're going to do next. So before you go in and as you're getting that venue Wi-Fi set up, say, hey, we would really like to have daily reports for how much we're using, most places can do that and do it you know, for free or relatively inexpensive. I would say they shouldn't charge you for that, but that's something you can negotiate. So oh, just definitely. try and get that bandwidth report at the end. So then you'll know. You'll know what type of attendees you have. You'll know how much bandwidth they're using. And then you can use that to start to project and estimate your budgets moving on
0: from there. That is super fascinating. I didn't even know you could do that type of stuff. So, I mean, you brought up a really good point. So you're talking about getting reports, but how how does that conversation look like as a planner like when you're negotiating Wi-Fi?
2: Well, I mean, one of the first things that you can start with is I think no matter what it is, AV, floral, catering, I think your provider should be educational to you. Let's be honest. We're not experts in everything. And especially if you're making these decisions, you obviously need to know about this sort of things. Ask them questions. I don't think we are in a place where you know, trying to look smart and know what you're talking about can be really, I think, actually hurts you because when you ask questions, it also gives the opportunity that you can see how helpful are they in understanding. Let's be honest. I don't know many planners. I know one planner out of all all the thousands that I know who understands internet as well as I do. <laughs> and I would say that if you are going to act like you know what you're doing, I'm going to just breeze on by it because I'm going to assume you know what you're doing. But if you ask questions, it not only helps me educate you so you for the future you're good to go, but also at the same time, I find that when you ask questions, if they can't explain it in an easy to understand manner, they're trying to confuse you and they're just trying to get you to buy something versus trying to be a partner in your business to be able to help you and make your life easier as well. I think that's the first starting point. Um, Brant, what about you? Like, What sort of uh, ways you Kick off that in negotiations.
3: Well, I'm going to steal one of yours because just just because you were talking about, uh, you know, kind of that the dangers of, of sounding like you <laughs> a little too much about what you know. But I also know one of your biggest tip offs is whether or not they know the difference between megabits per second and megabytes per oh, second. yeah, for sure. So why don't Test you why don't you throw that right one out of out.
1: the gate?
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh. So so, like so th- throw that one out, Will, and, and uh, maybe explain for the folks what I mean when I say that.
2: Yeah, like, let's be honest, having a little bit of baseline knowledge of terminology, and I'll share an article that we wrote on our blog, That's just like a dictionary of terms that you should understand. I think understanding a little bit of terminology can go a far way that you can seem like, you know, uh, you can at least say like, I know what I'm talking about, you can't rip me off, but then ask deeper questions from there. But the right. number one one I can tell when no one has any idea what they're talking about <laughs> is when they say, yeah, can you, um, you know, uh, give me a one gigabyte per second line for your internet? and I bet you most people right now are like, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's like how I measure how fast my internet is. Well, actually, everything in internet is measured in megabits per second. So there's eight bits in a byte so therefore, if you want to, it to go home, co- download at one gigabyte per second, you technically need an eight gigabit per second line. So what's great about understanding the difference between that is that when you just make the simple offer, you know how much bandwidth you need. For example, let's say you use my calculator. You can go to your provider and say, hey, um, yep, I use this calculator. It says that I need, you know, a 250 megabit per second connection for my thousand attendees. That's what I want. Then they go, OK, you know what you're talking about. And the perfect example I have of this is that I had a client who was getting asked, hey, you need to pay for this internet. And they were like, yeah, this seems kind of outrageous. I looked at it and go, oh my gosh, yeah, you shouldn't be paying that much. That's crazy. So I said, just introduce them to me. And what I did is I just had a very, very simple conversation with them where they were paying for a hardwired internet connection. And I saw as simple as why are we paying for someone to be there every single day to manage that internet connection? Like if we have issues aren't you going to fix it? Like you're obviously guaranteeing by me paying for it that it's going to hit the speed, you know, aren't you going to make sure that that's happening? And if it's not, then, you know, if I need extra services, for example, I don't know, maybe I need someone to speed it up. I don't even know what sort of stuff I would really need. If it's working, it should just work. Uh, But I told him, I was like, I don't need this. And they're like, well, we require it, you know, this and this and that. And I said, well, if, you know, I, I basically dropped a little bit of terminology on them and said like, well, this and this and this and this um, and I, I got a little nerdy with them for a split second. They were like, oh, you do know what you're talking about. OK, I'll remove the service fee, the, the attendant, all these things like that. And they only paid for internet connection. It took it from twenty five hundred dollars down to three hundred dollars.
1: What? And it was oh. just because
2: I knew what I was talking about.
1: Hopefully they took you out for a nice dinner after that So You saved them a lot of money. Is it the same person that you're negotiating with that is going to be the most educated about the Wi-Fi at that venue? I'm just thinking like if I'm going to go for a site visit, should I ahead of time say, hey, I'm going to be asking some questions about the Wi-Fi too. Make sure that person is there so that we can have an honest conversation.
2: Definitely. I hate, I don't like the uneducated salesperson. I, I find like a lot of times, uh, I'm, it just seems like this is happening a lot on the tech side of things is that because it's so confusing, they just throw like a, someone who just understands how to build quotes, or maybe they understand a little bit of tech, but let's be honest. I, I hate hearing the question of, I don't know the answer to that. Let me get back to you. And I'm like, well, we're sitting here in person. Can you just give me the answer right now? But yeah, definitely ask that question ahead of time because usually a salesperson has no idea. Uh, again, like this is a, <laughs> yeah, we're in the say, wild, the wild worst, west right
0: now.
3: I was going to say, yeah, the worst side of it is, the, oh, yeah, we can do that. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Oh, I'm sure we can do that. Oh, and, and you know they have no idea what they're talking about. They're just like, oh, I'm sure we can do that. And you get that a lot from sales too.
1: Heck yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's how, that's how it works. Um, but I love the idea of like using a calculator, having some terms under your belt. You kind of know what you're talking about and just don't just agree to whatever the first thing that comes across the negotiation yeah, table.
0: That's a really good way of not getting taken advantage of. But hey, guys, is there any way like around the costs?
1: How do we get the cheapest cost? Yeah, I want to know.
0: That's what I'm, that's what I'm <laughs> getting
2: at. All right, I'll start with one of the quick ones that's kind of like the not obvious tip and then I'm gonna let Brant kind of go into it a little bit. But first thing is to, to realize that you have a choice in vendors, just like you can bring an outside AV company in, you can bring in an outside internet provider. Most people don't know that's possible and it is a little bit more complicated. It's not as simple as like, hey, you're just gonna give us an empty room, we're gonna set it up. There's ways to keep it even cheaper. There's ways that the venue can still make it expensive, things like that. But just know that you can bring an outside internet provider Companies like Endless exist that literally provide internet and you can at least get another bid. So then that way you can show like, hey, I have an option that's cheaper than you. I'm going to go with it. Get your price to at least this, right? And I'm always happy to like lose business because I'm helping clients save money, right? That's one of the first things that you can do um, to save on money. But I know like negotiating, there's this like joke we always have where we say about negotiating and what's considered... Um, negotiating. So Brent, maybe you can yeah. tell a little bit about that.
3: I mean the long the long and the short of it is, right, is that the planners have a lot more power than sometimes, you know, they 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 think that they do. And you know, the the thing about negotiation is if it's done before the contract, it's negotiating. If it's done after the contract, it's begging. You know, so it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you need to start talking about these things before you sign the contract. You know, we, we kind of joked about the fact that, you know, oh you go to the room and you look at the spa and you think, oh, this is the perfect venue. But, you know, you need to be, you know, just like buying a car, you know, if you want to have any negotiating power, you have to be willing to walk away. So, you know, you can't just go in and go, oh, it's the perfect venue. It's so wonderful. Isn't is where we're going to have our event. Oh, by the way, how much does the Wi-Fi cost? You know, I mean, you're, you're just going to get, you're going to pay top dollar at that point. So if this is something that's important to your event, you need to take control of that and put that as part of the negotiating process. You know, so many, especially corporate planners are adding things to their RFP that basically say, we will not pay for Wi-Fi. You will provide it. It will be this amount of, you know, uh, you know this many megabits per second it will be for this many attendees and you will provide us two hard lines one in the office and one backstage and that's part of the RFP and it's part of the deal and that basically you're saying this is going to happen and you're not going to charge us for it if you want our business and if they do then they'll you know they'll include that and they'll say yep we'll waive that we'll waive that It's just like negotiating third-party AV. A lot of people know that by now. It's just like Will said. So being able to say, hey, we're going to bring in our own internet. We're going to bring in our own third-party AV company. uh, That's got to be part of the negotiating process, not something that you try and figure out later. Love it. Preach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do it before. Don't be paying tons and tons of money after when you're like, oh, crap, we don't have internet. What about sponsorships? I mean, do people use Wi-Fi as a sponsorship opportunity at events?
2: Oh man, it's like I just did a video. Oh my this. god, it's so awesome! That's, that's so weird. It's right? like yeah, we're killing it. Wait, so will
3: <laughs> if someone wanted to learn more about sponsorships and Wi Fi and AP,
2: yeah. So um, the, the when it comes to sponsorship, yes, it's I consider Wi Fi an asset now that you can use to actually um uh, create revenue for your event, even potentially profit. So the the there's a couple elements of Wi Fi that we'll talk about. So we talked a little bit about cybersecurity, about how you need to make sure that you have secure Wi-Fi networks at your events. But because of that, you have the opportunity to have a password, right? When we all know that, um, you know, for example, when it comes to a Wi-Fi network, it's really, really easy to change the name of it. For example, you can name it, you know, c Events Conference 2019, and people click on it and they connect, right? That's obviously a sponsorship opportunity. But the password is also a sponsorship opportunity. So for example, let's say you have a sponsor that's Puerto Rico, Make the password, let's say that you're headlining, biggest sponsor, they're giving you a ton of money, or let's say you say you want to be the sponsor of the Wi-Fi, make the password Puerto Rico. Here's another tip. Have the password not be Puerto Rico, but make people have to go to the Puerto Rico booth to get the Wi-Fi password. Now you're going to have every attendee go and talk to the booth to get the password. Yeah, maybe people will start telling each other, but then everyone will know you got to go to Puerto Rico booth to go get it. Or, you know, again, yeah, the password is Puerto Rico.
3: I was just saying, if you want to know whether or not this works. That example of Puerto Rico was from a show that Will and I were at like six months ago and he still <laughs> uses that as the example <laughs> yes. because it might've even been longer than that. It might be like it eight was, months ago. It might two
2: years ago, I think. Two years but ago. But you
3: still, you still remember yeah. that Puerto Rico yeah. was the password.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is like crazy. So yeah, definitely that's an obvious opportunity for for the the sponsorship. So, you know, name of network, the password for the Wi-Fi. The next option as well is a lot of times you're getting Wi-Fi sponsored, right? It's a big enough line item now that you're probably like, hey, let's get a sponsor just for the Wi-Fi. Well, what's great about this is that you also have these opportunities for what's called a captive portal. Again, knowing tech terms helps you in this negotiation standpoint. Instead of saying, yeah, uh, you know, the splash page that pops up red right when you connect to the Wi-Fi network, you know, instead call the captive portal, which is what it's actually called. And what that is is when you connect to the network, it pops up and it's like a web page. We all see it when we, you know, go to Marriott properties and we type in our room number and our, you know, our last name, you can do that for your event as well. You can put a password on that as well. Again, make sure that you have the 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 secure password immediately when you connect. That's at, you know, the one on Windows or Mac that pops up immediately, not the web page, but you can also do this captive portal let's say you don't even do a password but what you could do is say give us your email address in order to connect the wi-fi or better yet give us your email address and by the way how much money do you spend on your travel you know or have you ever considered going to puerto rico whatever it may be you can collect data just like a form just like a marketing opportunity and that could be a sponsorship opportunity for you and i don't know a single sponsor who wouldn't want to have that data on your attendees to be able to contact them or to be able to learn more about your attendees to find the the marketing qualified, sales qualified leads to talk to. They would pay hands down. Captive portals, super duper easy to do. As long as it's not complicated, it's a super easy design. They can even do it really inexpensively. Sometimes, again, you can negotiate it. You might be able to get it for free as part of your Wi-Fi provider. So that's really like, oh my gosh, no brainer. Definitely do it. (laughs) Now here's the next one. You're putting a Wi-Fi password on everything, right? So everyone needs to know the Wi-Fi password. Let's say you don't do the Puerto Rico because you don't want to like send 20,000 people to the Puerto Rico booth or whatever it may be, right? Instead, you have posters everywhere that say, you know, here's the network name, here's a Wi-Fi password. Super easy to put on there. Sponsored by Puerto Rico. Boom. And they're getting their logo placed all over. And everybody knows that Puerto Rico is the reason why there's great Wi-Fi. Again, that's why you want to make sure you have great Wi-Fi. So, otherwise, you're <laughs> gonna, everyone's going to be really mad that Puerto Rico put all that money into it. But, you know, just a, a four super-duper easy opportunities for you to make money and to sell a sponsorship that sponsors will die for.
1: Yeah. Well, coming from event tech, even in the mobile app for the event, I've seen a lot of times like a banner that has the sponsor logo and the Wi-Fi password or like, you know, really great visibility within that mobile app that everybody's downloading anyway. Every, everybody needs that Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yeah. It's I
0: like love cold. the idea of the captive portal. And I actually want to go to Puerto Rico right now, I'll yeah. be honest. Booking <laughs> uh, a ticket as we speak. <laughs> but you guys, Will Brandt, you guys are so awesome. Is there anything else that you think that our listeners should know about Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi costs?
1: You How know,
2: much time do we have? You know, so, yeah, I know, man, we could be here. <laughs> uh, I shared a bunch of links uh, with you guys um, that we'll pl- we can post down in the resources as well. But, you know, utilize that. There's education out there to understand this stuff, to learn this stuff. And I think uh, we didn't say it um, when we were on the show last, but definitely if you ever need anything, just also don't don't feel hesitant to reach out to us, shoot us a message, say, is this reasonable? Is this not reasonable? What do you think? You know, Brent and I are here to help. So i um, always happy to help as well. But, Brand, any last um, minute wisdom?
3: Yeah. I mean, so much like I did in cybersecurity, I've got one more soapbox moment. Uh, so, so the one that I've been railing on for a long time now, and I'm, it's never going to happen. But, uh, you know, much like, much like making sure that your Wi-Fi network is secured, I just it drives me nuts that venues charge at all for this service at this point in time. It's like, you know, for me, it's, it, it, Wi-Fi should be infrastructure. Internet should be infrastructure at this point. You know, they don't charge you for the number of times you go to the pool. They don't charge you for how long you take a shower. You know, they don't charge you for the water usage. You know, they don't want, you know, charge you based on a per attendee basis of how many people use the bathrooms, you know, during your event. Uh, Wi-Fi and Internet access should be a utility. And I think, There's an opportunity for smart venues to just start including it. Have the best you can possibly have and just include it. And don't play these games with, you know, well, how many people do you have? And we'll throttle it up and throttle it down. And I'm starting to hear a few of these venues that are just making it go. And I really think there's an opportunity there. And I would love to see some hotel chains do the same where they just say, you know what? We want to be the meetings friendly, you know, group. We want to be the the technical high tech, uh, you know, uh, hotel group. So we're just going to start providing it. It's going to be fast. It's going to be awesome. And you're going to love coming to our hotels. Just like so many hotels over the years have been like, we've got the most amazing pools. We've got the most amazing spa. We're going to be the one that has the most amazing Wi-Fi. So that's that's. My soapbox moment for this episode.
1: I totally get that. I, I was just traveling for a few weeks, and the airlines that give you free checked bag, those are the airlines I come back to. It's, sure. like that, it's just part of the process. So we just need the Wi Fi. Okay, well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell us more about the podcast that you and Brent are a host and what our audience can learn by listening.
2: Brent and I also host a podcast called the Event Tech Podcast. It's uh, you know, basically a chance for you to stay on top of all the tech things that are happening in the industry. Um, you know, it's not if you if you find that you're like, oh man, I'm not a technical person, don't worry at all. It's super duper easy. That we, you know, we don't do a lot of the, as Brent calls it, the propeller <laughs> hatch moments um, that we do things, but we keep it really, really simple and we stay on top of things, not only inside the industry, but we're also covering Brent and I are super passionate about technology in general. So we're also talking about things that happen outside the events industry so for example let's talk about something that's you know coming down the pipeline in the few, next couple of years but like quantum computing so we talked a little bit about that in one of our recent episodes and we kind of talked about like well what how is it going to affect the events industry how are things like for example um you know like all these uh, different legislations that are passing around data security going to affect the events industry um all these things like that and so yeah if people want to subscribe on every podcasting platform called the event tech podcast but if you want to get the quick links and sign up just go to eventtechpodcast.com
1: it you guys are so entertaining to talk to you make all of this so interesting for those of you that are listening go to cvent.com slash podcast we mentioned a ton of different resources we'll put links there as well as to the event tech podcast and thank you will and Brandt, so much for joining us again
0: yeah thanks guys our pleasure thanks for having us There is literally nothing worse than bad Wi-Fi at an event. Not just for the attendees, but also for the tech being used.
1: I agree. And I loved how Will and Brandt went over some great negotiation tactics. And they had all kinds of resources to learn more. I mean, these guys are really experts.
0: Yeah, they are. And if you want links to some of the resources we mentioned... And to learn more, head on over to cvent.com slash podcast.
1: And we want to hear what you want to learn about. So email us at cvent.com and tell us what topics you want us to explore. And if you're an expert, let us know and we'll have you on the podcast.
0: We'll see you next week for another great episode. And until then, subscribe, share, and follow us on Cvent social media.
1: Bye.